This is the Parenting for Faith podcast from the Bible Reading Fellowship. Visit parentingforfaith.org for free online videos and resources and an eight-session course all about Parenting for Faith. You can also sign up for news, subscribe to this podcast, and find out about events and training in your area. Welcome to the Parenting for Faith podcast. My name is Rachel Turner, and this week we are looking at uh, how to respond when kids pray for you or for others in a way that actually helps build their faith. Uh, we're looking at a question about science and faith and how do we help our kids understand the connection between the two. And in our wildcard section, our uh, team member Becky is sharing something really significant uh, that God showed her about parenting for faith on a walk in the woods. Uh, so to begin, uh, first of all, how are you guys doing? Uh, total honesty moment here. I have a gallbladder issue. <laughs> and man, I feel like I've talked about this before, but it keeps popping up and it is annoying. Uh, yeah, so I've been having a gallbladder kind of week. I hope you've been having a good week. I think about you often. Uh, this week, with my gallbladder issues and the pain, uh, my kid has been praying for me and which has been very kind and very sweet and uh as he's been praying for me uh for pain and for tiredness and all the other things that happen when uh you have issues uh, it just made me really reflect on uh how we respond when kids are praying for us or when they're praying for other family members or at school uh, and uh church and all the other places and how significant it is for their faith journey uh, in how we respond to that. Uh, so often, uh, so much of our parenting for faith uh, can feel like we're trying to get our kids to pray, um, but actually training them on what happens when they pray and how it impacts others is a really significant part of how we can equip them for a life of prayer. We all love when kids pray for us. Um, it makes us feel a warm and fuzzy. Uh, it gives us a little insight into their faith when you know what words they use it makes us feel excited you know that they're getting it um, the danger is that our response can be um, more of the patronizing variety like oh they prayed for us uh, and sort of cherishing them rather than anything else but but when we respond like that it actually robs our kids of seeing the power of their prayer. Prayer is powerful. Uh, scripture says, uh, Jeremiah 33, 3, uh, Call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know, uh, God said. In Matthew 7, 7, Jesus was saying, Ask and it will be given to you. When people pray, God acts, God listens and responds, and we want our kids to know the power that they have as children, as, as children of God, that when they pray, God moves in response, God hears and does something. And uh, when we let our over, overwhelm, uh, overwhelm it, then we actually haven't been treating their prayers as powerful as they are. And uh, it's really helpful to do that. So here are my three tips for how to help kids know uh, the power of their prayers. Um, so if we want them to get it, 
um, and we want them to to train them in how to pray, uh, you can uh, look at uh, the circle in session six, which is in the surfing the waves uh, section of the Parenting for Faith course. And we talk about how to how to disciple your kids in something. So if you're new to helping your kids pray, you may want to go back and look at that in terms of modeling and framing and equipping them to pray and creating opportunities. And all of those stages are really important in getting them into the pattern of doing that. But I just wanted to look at this little feedback section of how to help our kids pray because I think it's important. So one, we need to create opportunities for them to pray. Um, whether it's um, my gallbladder, whether it is you having a bad day, um, whether, uh, you know, I lost my friend a couple of weeks ago, as I've talked to you about, and uh, and just saying, oh, I'm just so sad. Can you pray for me? Um, or last week, I was uh, going... My dad raised me uh, in Aikido. Dad's a black belt in Yoshinkan Aikido. And recently, I've been like, I want to go back. So I picked a uh, dojo in Leeds. And I'm like, I'm going to go. And then totally freaked out and was like, I can't do it. I can't do it. Like, it'll be so weird. Do I just show up and be like, hi, I want to learn Aikido. Uh, and what do I do? So I was sort of like just processing with my family. Like, I don't know. I'm scared. I'm really nervous. What should I do? And, uh, and my kid out of nowhere was like, let's pray for you. And uh, and I was like, yes, that's exactly what I need. And, and whether just in your normal creating windows of life, those opportunities come up where being prayed for would be really helpful and uh, create those opportunities your kids may jump in uh, your kids may need to be asked but inviting them to pray for you is a really significant uh, way of valuing the power of their prayers and letting them know that you expect God to move when they pray uh, the second thing is us to actually prepare to receive from God when it happens. No matter how small your kid is, no matter how new they are at praying, uh, they're not praying to be cute, but they're praying so that God will do something in your life. And and for us, um, we can grow in our expectation that God will do something, even through these tiny, tiny prayers. I found it such a journey of the heart for me to expect that when a two-year-old prays, uh, that God is listening and will move. And therefore, if a two-year-old puts their hand on me and says, dear God, please make mummy not afraid, then God will minister his peace. And that took a brain shift for me because uh, at, at the beginning it was sort of all about you know enabling kids to get confident in prayer. And actually, one of the best things we could do is to position our hearts to receive from God because we expect him to move in response to theirs prayers. And that says so much to our kids about what we believe about God and what we believe about them and what we believe about prayer. So um, position yourself really, really, if you say, oh, yes, I'd love your prayers, expect God to move. Uh, and then the third thing is uh, feedback right afterwards. Uh, so, you know, they'll pray, oh, you know, please help mommy not be afraid, or they'll do this beautiful prayer, wherever it's short or big, uh, to open your eyes and just say, oh, thank you. This is what God was doing in my life. Whether you just say, oh, I feel more peaceful now, or I can't believe I didn't think to get prayer. I really appreciate you ministering to me. I'm, I really felt uh, God is close, or I feel uh, that my brain is less swirly, or I feel ready to do what I'm going to do next. Whatever God did 
feed back to them so that they can learn to see that there's a need in front of them. They can ask God to do something and he will. Don't make things up. If you're not sure what God did, you can say that too. You can say, I'm not sure what God did, but I absolutely know that he did something. And to just just lay that foundational belief for them that, that when they pray, God does something and then feed back to them later at dinner time or breakfast the next morning or two weeks from now when you go, hey, remember when you prayed for me? Uh, This is the story of what happened next in my life. Thank you for doing that. And just that simple little loop of creating an opportunity for them to pray actually preparing your heart to receive from God and expect him to move and feeding back to your kids what God was doing in you at the time and afterwards really helps your kids see and experience for themselves the power of praying for people. Uh, So as you go through your days and as your life and you're talking about prayer with your kids, just add that into the mix. Just that proactive helping your kids see the power of God hearing them, no matter what their age and no matter the words they use, God responds to prayer and it's important. So have a good week, create some windows, be vulnerable and uh, be blown away by what God is going to do through your kids. The question for today is something that uh, has come up multiple times. Uh, And uh, recently I was uh, on Facebook Live doing questions and answers And uh, this question came up about science and faith. Uh, During this podcast, we love answering your questions. And so uh, if you would like to ask a question that you'd like me for me to respond to, please feel free to email us, to go to the website through the contact us form and uh, and fill in a a question that you want us to answer because we'd love to do that. But for now, this is uh, how I answered the question about science and faith and how do we talk to our kids about it. Tips for disengaged teenagers especially who believe that there is a conflict between science and faith. Um, interesting. Um, I, if you have uh, children or teenagers or really anybody in your life, there's a lot of them, who, uh, who believe that there is a conflict between science and faith and therefore they feel like they want to choose science, I would really begin to dig around what is, where did they get the, the idea that science is contrary to faith. Because I believe, personally, uh, that science is a window into the amazingness of God. And so for me, and how uh, I tend to talk about science, is that, that science is the investigation of the creativity of God's design, and how brilliant it is, and how amazing it is. And wasn't it Something, oh, I'll have to find this. I was reading somewhere about how they found that there's a protein in llama blood that actually could be the cure for the flu, which is amazing, amazing. Only God can weave together this vast natural world uh, to provide this this deep powers of, of, of understanding how it all works. And so for, for me, if you're finding that you have people in your life who are saying science is totally different than faith and faith and science can't match. Um, there is a really big foundational shift that needs to happen there. And I would, I would start there. Um, I would start finding Christian scientists, maybe in your church, and have them invite them over and have them talk about how they reconciled science and faith. Um, find out what the 
actual questions they have are and begin to uh, access that in terms of your faith and create windows about how you cope with that. A big one that often pops up is creation versus evolution. And that's like the center of all debate. Well, wade into that and talk about what your view of it is and how you reconcile God and different theories of how things were created and does that shatter your faith and why or why not and all of those conversations. Science, find people who love science who are Christians and begin to access that. Louis Giglio um, wrote this great um, uh, children's devotional that is about um, about all the different um aspects of science and, and what it reveals to us about God, which is absolutely fascinating. And he also did a lot of stuff for teenagers. I'd have to, I'd have to look what he did, but Louis Giglio has done some stuff on science and faith. There are so many stuff out there. So I would wade in with them because they need to be engaged on the intellectual level to wander in with them and be like, that is fascinating, isn't it? I don't know. This is what it looks like for me. Let's invite some people who know and love God and love science in and talk about it. Um, because they tend to disengage when we tend to um, get black and white. And, uh, and actually to say, um, I believe they're both and you can't have one. I don't think you can have science without an understanding of God, really. And I'm not sure you can have God without a real deep and appreciation for science. That's fascinating. A messy church did this whole thing on messy church does science. They have a whole thing of experiments and, and, and how to, how that leads us into talking about God. It's, it's fascinating. There's so much out there. And I'll tell you what, I'll put a chunk on the podcast about uh, science and resources that are out there for teenagers and children uh, that blend and bring back together the beauty of science and the beauty of God. So I'll, I'll, I'll do a podcast thing on it and we'll do some supplements on it uh, to help those teenagers because uh, it is a serious question and, uh, and let them, let them uh, really engage with that. One of our team members, Becky, is a remarkable woman. And uh, recently we had the big snow, you know, the big snow that happened. And uh, she went for a walk in the woods and uh, her and God had a really interesting conversation about her life journey and what he was doing in it and how it impacts her parenting for faith. Now, in particular, God was talking to her about a, a divorced mom who, you know, is trying to solo parent. But for me, uh, I learned a lot from what God was talking to her through this. And so I, I wanted her to bring it and share it because uh, whether or not your life experience looks like Becky's, actually the truth that God was speaking to her is so encouraging for us all to hear. Ever since I learned about Parenting for Faith, I've had a bit of an interesting journey with the idea of being perfectly positioned to parent for faith. In session one of the course, Rachel talks about the fact that God has perfectly positioned me, just as I am, to parent my daughter for faith. And while I get that in theory, sometimes I've really struggled with the idea. And I think it's because in my head there's a perfect world that I need to inhabit I need to create in order for me to parent well. So I get a bit sucked in by happy families on Facebook or this is sort of things you need to do, 50 things you need to do to give your kid the best start in life, that type of thing. But life isn't really like that. And I just want to share with you an experience I had or something God showed me um, through the woods that are near our house. Well, we've got these beautiful woods and they're they're like, I imagine if a child were to draw the perfect woods, it would be this. There's a mini hill with lots of beech trees that point to the to the sky. There's a lake with 
boggy marsh around it where you get bulrushes and marsh marigolds and in the spring you get daffodils there. There's little hills that meander around and then there's a set of crooked steps that lead down to a shallow stream and the kids splash up and down it in their wellies in the summer. Um, as you walk around you can hear birds and you can hear woodpeckers drumming on the trees above you and bats swoop to and fro in the evening and sometimes you get a glimpse of a deer and there are badgers and foxes and little mammals all around and this is a beautiful wood and it's it's just it feels perfect and about four years ago we had one of those big winter storms where you know you wake up the next morning the news is full if you can't get across this road because it's blocked and I got the dog and we went off as usual into the woods and about five minutes into the woods my heart stopped there was so much damage the the trees had fallen and they'd fallen really violently so they dragged other trees down with them or knocked off branches and the pathways were unpassable you couldn't get through and particularly across the stream the this massive tree come crashing down onto the steps so you couldn't get through down to the stream and, and when I went round the other way to have a look um, loads of trees had crashed across it and were just lying there and I was really upset my beautiful wood was ruined and I, it really really hurt me and I was quite shocked and then then I realised that I was taken right back in that moment to, to the point when my marriage had broken up way over 20 years before you know my daughter was two and a half and I had been married we had a daughter and I'd done everything mummies do you know to create a beautiful world for my daughter she had pretty furniture she had lovely bedding we gave her lots of experiences we cherished her I was constructing this beautiful world for her where I was going to give her everything she needed including God so she was going to have all the advantages and love and, and everything that I could could bring her and suddenly my world had come crashing down as painfully and as devastatingly as the wood had and I remember feeling so broken but actually what I felt overwhelmingly was guilty I was guilty because she'd had to see and hear things she shouldn't have I was feeling guilty because she was missing out now I was penniless homeless we were going to have to make do I felt really guilty that she wasn't going to have the perfect happy family that I'd planned and hoped and dreamed and prayed for and it was like the wood my life had literally come crashing down but over the next couple of months God took me on this really interesting journey of discovery about being perfectly positioned because actually I remember feeling that I wasn't perfectly positioned even to parent let alone parent for faith and I had no confidence and I just felt bad but over the next few months as I walked through the woods and saw what was happening he showed me he showed me that he brings good out of everything that you know just because things don't look perfect it doesn't mean they're not good it doesn't mean they can't work you see as I walked around the woods I could see the the trees that have fallen suddenly becoming bridges across the stream for for small animals the gigantic tree that had fallen its roots were turned upwards I noticed that spiders began building webs in the roots and, and little mammals were making their home in there providing shelter I saw how the broken 
the broken wood was providing food and sustenance and shelter so like little birds would hop out from underneath some of these great boughs of wood that had fallen and and insects were feeding underneath the bark on the rotting wood and there was ferns and little little plants and fungi growing out of the decaying wood and the, the wood that was damaged was providing new life and also some of the wood had fallen in the marshy ground and was providing foot footholds for, for animals and for little birds so a little robin would be sitting on this branch surrounded by the marsh in a safe foothold and I I realised that actually the wood far from being horrible was now much more beautiful than I thought it was before because I could see life and creativity and all this good stuff coming out of what I thought was a devastated life and God was saying to me you are perfectly positioned out of the stuff which you think is devastating and and bad. I can show you how it's good. I'll turn it to good. I just wanted to encourage you. I heard a little while ago about a friend of mine whose marriage had, had split up. You know, and on the surface, the perfect happy family. And, you know, this story is for you, my friend, and for anybody else who's feeling that their life just hasn't gone to plan. It's not good it's it's somehow you're you're disqualified from parenting for faith because you're not perfectly positioned i just want to say you are perfectly positioned by god to parent your child just as you are so take heart And your question for today to start an interesting conversation is this uh, it goes back to the science question that we were talking about <laughs> my question is this God created a bunch of stuff um, that only now people are beginning to see, you know, like really deep sea. You know, they've done these submarines and they could go down to the bottom. Well, they can't even reach the bottom of the sea in some places. But as they go down deeper and deeper, they keep discovering these new and exotic creatures that no one has ever seen before this moment and uh, when you look at space exploration and people are constantly discovering new things about the universe and it appears that god made a bunch of amazing beautiful complex stuff that people may never see why would god do that why would god create extraordinary things that people will never know or experience what does that mean for who God is? Hmm. Have a good conversation. Thank you for downloading the Parenting for Faith podcast. A new episode will be released next week. And why not look at parentingforfaith.org to watch the free eight-session course, to get in touch, or to find out about training and events near you.